This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, March 25th, and today we will be getting to your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups as usual. That's coming up with Jonas Nader and Steve Alexander. But first, the first order of business today, here at the top, we have a special guest along those lines. Let's roll this from Carlos Boozer on Instagram. I heard you're going to place a bet on Duke. So your boy about to place $50,000 bet 50 for Duke to win the championship. It's a lot of money. You're right. 50000 to win 600 600 Let's go! That is... Mr. C. Booz on Instagram and Carlos <laughs> Boozer is here having placed a 50,000 bet on points bet to win 600,000. Carlos, thanks for stopping by first and foremost. What's happening? How you guys doing? Carlos, what a what a night you must have had last night. Duke wins <laughs> and then to top it off, Arizona loses, Gonzaga loses, and now things are looking they're looking pretty good, right? How are you feeling? I feel great honestly. I'm going to tell you like I, I thought Duke was under so much pressure this year. It being Coach K's last season, this is a young basketball team. Even Wendell Moore, who is our, our junior captain, it's his first NCAA tournament. Obviously, we start three freshmen, Paolo Bancaro, uh, A.J. Griffin. We were starting Trevor Kills. Now we're starting Jeremy Roach, who's been terrific. And then, obviously, Mark Williams, the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. So this team has had so much pressure all season long. They lose a couple of close games down the stretch of the season, won the Carolina at home against Duke. AC, they get to the AC Tech championship game in the tournament, lose to Virginia Tech team, who was a, one of the hottest teams in the country. And now they're playing their best basketball come March when it's needed at the most, right? Now it's win or go home. The great thing about those two losses that they had at the end of the season was they had a chance to go back and watch film, had a chance to get back on the court. They had a chance to go back and practice while there were still games to be played. And now we're seeing the fruits of that hard work and that labor. And to your point, they were one of the few teams that beat Gonzaga earlier in the year in Las Vegas. So I was already excited about that potential matchup in the, in, in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. And now they, they just beat a Texas Tech team who was yeah. ready. They were hungry. They looked terrific the entire game. Easy could have went either way if you guys were watching the game as well. Like I, I was on pins and needles going <laughs> yeah. crazy. Um, but I was so proud of how they, they've grown up. So You heard Coach K talk about it. In the last two weeks, they've grown up so much. They're winning close games. The last game against Michigan State was also a very close game down to the wire. They were losing that game with about four minutes to go in that game. Five minutes ago, they came back and won that game in, in great fashion. This game, Texas Tech had control of the game the whole game, if you think about it. They're up by four at the half. Even though I felt like Duke had the momentum going into the second half, the way they closed out the first half, they came out. You saw how efficient they were? Oh, my God. They shot 50% from the three, 80% from the field. They knocked down basically all of their free throws. They were so efficient offensively. And when Coach K switched over to that zone, it made Texas Tech have a hard time scoring on the offensive end, especially when we stopped turning the ball over. So for me personally, I think going into the Elite Eight matchup against Arkansas, Arkansas is very similar to Texas Tech. So we got a chance to get a preview 
of what they do. They got an explosive guard that can score at, at any time. Takes a lot of shots. Not always the best shots, but he <laughs> takes a lot of shots. And they got a terrific freshman center. The guy's doing awesome. He did a great job against Holgram and, and Timmy inside against Gonzaga. Took charges, got a huge double-double, scored on a block, hit the three. Did a good job of blocking shots and rebounding. They're a very good team, and we know Eric Musselman will have them ready for the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, I mean, you don't think of Texas Tech and Arkansas as like, you know, the top teams in college basketball. Man, those are tough matchups. Those are tough matchups, and impressed they got past Texas Tech. I want to rewind a bit, Carlos. I want to step back. How did this 50K bet come about? Is this specifically a Coach K's last dance kind of thing? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> of course, I believe in Coach K. I mean, he did so much for, for so many teams and so many players, but this is a partnership that I have with Points Bet. They're a terrific brand. You can go in the middle of a game, live bet and get, get a parlay, one of the only apps you can do that, sites you can do that on. They do a phenomenal job of, of being able to promote, also partnered up with Playmaker. They do a phenomenal job. They have like 14 million, 15 million followers throughout their platforms to get this bet some love. But for me personally, I just believe in Coach K. I believe in these kids. They're playing terrific basketball. Um, and, and to get back on the, on the NCAA side of it, I feel like, people underestimated Arkansas. Because when you think about it, they also beat mm -hmm. Auburn when they were number one this year. They beat Kentucky following that. And now they beat the number one overall seed in Gonzaga. This is a team that should be respected because they've beat the top tier teams all season long. Carlos, I, uh, I've run things a little old school over here. I've got a stack of 75 brackets, okay? <laughs> Stay up till five. 75 brackets? He does them by hand. He does them by hand. It's crazy. I'm in a little pool in my little town. And <laughs> little pool. Okay. I've got 75 people entered. <laughs> Grading these things until 5 o'clock this morning, almost all of them are obliterated. I don't remember seeing this many brackets this far gone uh, this early into the game. Like, Do you feel like there's more chaos or more madness this year than, than in most? Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, going into the tournament, I thought it was wide open. I know we had the overall seed in Gonzaga. But, guys, let's be very clear. They they have the, some of the most talented players in the country, and, they, and they're very well coached. But they have a cakewalk of a season. They don't really play anybody tough until so they play out of conference, right? So I wasn't necessarily jumping on the bandwagon with they were going to win the whole thing. And then you, you look at a team like Kentucky, who a lot of us thought could be in the Final Four. They lose in the first game of the tournament. Crazy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, this, this year just seemed like it was more parity where there was, it was anybody's game, anybody's championship to win. Yeah, we have our top eight to ten favorites who had great seasons. They got, you know, great ratings throughout their, their strength of schedule and what have you. But it seemed wide open. The mid-majors were terrific this year. We saw, obviously, the Cinderella team. We'll see one tonight. And St. Peter's going up against, I think it's Purdue, which is mm -hmm. a very good team as well with that kid Ivy on that squad and probably a top five pick in the draft. So, I just feel like there is a lot of upsets, but that's why we watch March Madness. Yes. What are the upsets? <laughs> hey, by the way, we're also being told it's National Peacock Day, and St. Peter's are the peacocks. So respect could be some some serious serious things brewing there. I want to go back to one thing you mentioned earlier, and that was Paolo Bancaro. Yeah, we talk some some NCAA on this podcast, but it's first and foremost an NBA podcast. Obviously. This is a guy who's going very early in the upcoming draft. How impressed have you been by him? I mean, what have you seen from Bancaro? Man, Paolo's been terrific, man. He comes into Duke, highly talented, of course, could have went anywhere in the country, decides to come be a part of the brotherhood, and he's progressively gotten better and better and better each week of the season. If you look at him now, he's playing some of his best basketball. He's probably the MVP of the tournament, made some clutch, clutch baskets last night to get Duke back in that game along with Jeremy Roach. 
uh, huge shots down the stretch of that game. I, mean, I think he only took like 12 or 13 shots, ended up with 22 points, hit a yep. big three to get the momentum back, just made great plays. He's a phenomenal passer. He's probably going to be a top one, two, or three pick in the draft this year. 6'10", got an NBA body at 250 already. Is so diverse, can handle the ball, can shoot the three as you watch in the tournament. Is an underrated passer, can rebound the ball, can defend block shots. Just a terrific talent. Uh, as he as he enters uh, the rest of the tournament, but going on in his future, he'll be a terrific pro. Carlos, not only is this an NBA focused podcast, but we also are fantasy NBA focused. Do you play any fantasy sports, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, whatever? I don't do fantasy. I have a lot of friends that call me for advice on the fantasy vibes, but <laughs> no, no, I haven't got into the fantasy world yet. More importantly, Carlos, are you aware of and have you played the NBA guessing game that has swept the nation, or at least part of the nation, called Pirtle? Have you heard of this? I have not. Please fill me in. It's Do you know Wordle? <laughs> no. What is that? Wordle is a word guessing game. Pirtle, okay. named after Jakob Pirtle of the San Antonio Spurs, is an NBA ah. player guessing game. A current NBA player every day, and you guess, and it gives you clues like... You know, it gives you a green, like, this is the division. You got the division right, but that's all you got right. So then you got a guess from there. You get eight guesses to get it. It's pretty fun. Okay. I, I recommend playing it. I re recommend checking it out. I got to test my wits on that one. Yeah. All right. Carlos, before we let you go, this is my son's bracket. He's a freshman in high okay. school. He's got Duke beating Kansas in the final game, and he's got Purdue in the final four. So I was talking about all those wrecked brackets. He doesn't have uh, $60,000 on the line, but he's got a little <laughs> bit of bread. If your prediction comes out, it looks like he's probably going to win. How confident are you going into uh, the next game? I am confident. You know, a great job by your son, by the way. He's got a good-looking Final Four potentially right there. <laughs> but all those teams, three of those teams still in action. Very good. Um, I, I just feel like Duke has great momentum. They've won three terrific games in the tournament. They're playing their best basketball. Their defense is cranking up. They're, I mean, obviously, we're all a little bit worried about A.J. Griffin's ankle. They're all fully healthy. Um, I'm, I'm, my hope is that we'll have a big lift from Trevor Keels, who hasn't really shown up yet. He can give the Duke Blue Devils a huge lift against Arkansas in the next game. Obviously, a, a phenomenal transition team. They got an electric guard, uh, number one, that takes a lot of shots. If we can kind of corral him and, and make it tough for him and then do a good job on their big fella inside, we have a good chance to get to the Final Four. All right, well, I know Steve and I will now be watching Saturday night's game from a totally different angle. Carlos, thanks for stopping by. This was great, and uh, good luck. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, guys. Good luck. All right. Yeah, have thanks, a good Carlos. one. All right, well, that was great. We have waiver wire pickups coming up, but first we are going to take a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The Madness, as you've heard, is upon us. Get an Edge Plus annual subscription now to unlock our college basketball DFS and betting tools with game predictions, player prop projections, and more. Get ready to cut down the nets using promo code BRACKETS20. Plus, you'll get every tool for every sport with your Edge Plus subscription, including our new fantasy baseball draft guide powered by Roto World. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus and use promo code BRACKETS20 at checkout and find your edge. This is the part of the program where Jonas Nader joins us to talk waiver wire pickups. In a recurring theme today, uh, we don't have Jonas here. So, Steve, let's get started without him. Okay, we got waiver wire pickups to talk about. And um, first things first, Steve, actually, sort of waivers adjacent. Chris Paul is back. I don't know if you heard, Steve. Chris Paul came back. And by the way, I want to talk to you about that Carlos Boozer thing. I want to debrief in a second because that was a lot of fun. But Chris Paul's back. We're just dropping campaign, right? Yeah, I'm done. It was quite a run. It, it was quite a campaign. It was quite <laughs> quite a campaign. I'm just double-checking the numbers for campaign from, I mean, yeah, nine points, five dimes in 17 minutes. I mean, he's priority luxury insurance at this point, but Chris Paul came back with 17 points, 13 dimes. Looked like he hadn't even missed a game. So, well, uh, and yeah. The final nail in that, that thing is that Phoenix only goes three times next week. So, I yeah. mean, drop campaign, pick up Isaac Okoro. Maybe five games for yeah. Cleveland. And Isaac Kokoro is, it, I mean, he has not been great. And, and as much as I want him to be great, and as much as I want him to have some defensive presence, it's it's just not happening. But campaigns three games versus five games from a guy starting for the Cavs. I'll, I'll take the five games Man. all day. Yeah, waiver wire pickups to come in a minute. But I thought that was a lot of fun to hear uh, Mr. Boozer's insights. I enjoyed you know, that, Steve. Matt, at the end, I, I wanted, I kind of wanted to jump in there and, and ask him a question that we did not think to ask him. But yeah, talking to him, he sounds like a Duke coach. He's he's a Duke insider. He's a Duke coach. It's we. He's part of the team. Like yeah. I want, I, I wish I would have asked him if if he's spent time in the locker room, if he spent time around the team, if he hangs out with at practice. Like how how involved yeah. is he still with the program? Yeah, he definitely sounded invested, for sure. The, the question that I would have loved to have asked, had we unlimited time, would have been how many threes he'd hit in today's NBA. Because Carlos Boozer was not a three-point shooter in the years that he played. I was looking at his shot chart, though, Steve. This man made a lot of 20-footers. So I think if Carlos Boozer played today or in recent years, he would have added that to his pretty solid—I mean, he was a solid fantasy guy. But I think, you know, he would have been more of like a, a 20, you know— a 19 and 11 guy or whatever with threes as well. That would have been fun. Yeah. And I think he would have, he would have liked to answer that question. Cause he's like, Oh, I'd tear the league up today because there's, you know, there's no hand checking. Everybody's right. soft. Like he, he would, he would go off and, and, and you're right. He would have hit a lot more threes. So that season, you know, right in the middle of his career, I think his best season was like 21 and 10 and a half boards, something like that. That may have been 26 a game. Yeah. Well, all right, let's get into some of these uh, waiver wire names on Jonas's list, Steve. At the top, De'Aaron Fox is iffy for kind of the rest of the season here with a hand injury, right? There was a report 
well, well, there's a blurb on NBC Sports Edge that suggested that Fox and DeMontis Sponis might not play the rest of the way. I think more recently we've seen De'Aaron Fox listed as doubtful with that hand injury. So we don't know what the actual reality is. Is he done for the season? Is he planning to come back? But either way, Davion Mitchell has seriously been putting it together, Steve. Finally, finally. You know, when Tyrese Halberton got traded to the Pacers, I was like, oh, Davion Mitchell's going to go off. And it didn't really happen. He was kind of shaky tricky for a little while but now he's been awesome and as long as fox is out he's going to continue to be awesome and one of the cool things about davion mitchell is like in the league i'm still alive in where i'm trying to win i've burned all three of my moves this week and i can't pick anybody up the kings are coming off a two-game week so there are kings like legit kings players maybe davion mitchell sitting on waiver wires waiting to get picked up ahead of this four game week that the Kings have coming up. So yeah, I mean, Davion Mitchell's as must have as they come. Absolutely. And I am working with Jonas to get him into here. <laughs> so I just, this is straight I'm sending chaos. him new links and, I, and I'm going to tell you some Davion Mitchell numbers in a second. As soon as well, I email Jonas, man, I'm going to tell you that, that the most impressive thing I've seen today is that you actually knew that today was national peacock day that's all credit to uh, one of our producers steven producer steven, steven yeah that's all steven producer steven diagostino was all over that but i mean yeah, that's a great great inside tip heading into a carlos boozer interview about saint peter and purdue matchup yeah. uh, tonight what it's just clutch clutch steven clutch stuff today and there he is look at this <laughs> finally uh things are really coming together hey you know what Jonas, What's we up? had we had quite a quite an adventurous day here in terms of technical issues. We had Carlos Boozer on. We did our sound check with him before. Everything was good to go. Then we brought him in, and he couldn't hear us. So we had about four minutes. Yeah, I was I was going to come in and make fun of you guys for the audio issues, audio issues, and then I couldn't join Streamyard. <laughs> it was working for me. Yeah, so. but here we are. Here we are. We 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 are well oiled machine. You know what I do know, Jonas, is that Sports Edge golf shirt looks really good on you, bro. Thanks, it does. Man. It does. It's really working for Just you. Got this in the mail. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Shows off a little chest hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you do a podcast, <laughs> and then you go play 18 holes in that thing right afterwards. You know exactly. Yeah, Jonas, we were just uh, extolling the virtues of Davion Mitchell, and we were had not moved on yet. So if you got any numbers, actual numbers to throw yeah. us on Mitchell, do it. Yeah, I don't know if you talked about the last two games. Obviously, he went completely bonkers. The only reason he is not the silly season hero is because the Kings played just twice. I think their second game of the week is tonight. So that's unfortunate, but they do play four times next week. He's likely gone in your league, but just double check just in case. Uh, but I don't know about you guys. I don't think Deeran Fox is playing again this season. Like, what's the point, right? Can't, can't even get into the playing spot anymore. Sabonis is more than likely shut down for the season. I think they're going to let Davian Mitchell be their next Tyrese Halliburton, essentially, right? Like, run the show while Fox is out yeah. and just continue to be a pest on defense. His defense is just amazing. So really fun player. The one thing about him is that his steals are kind of low for as good of a defender as he is. We talked about that before, but everything else is golden, man. He's just a solid player. And Kings play four times next week. Like if you have him on your team, like you're set. Jonas, you and I are in a battle, a, a battle for the ages in the company league finals. You know, just a slug fest. You know what I mean? Like we're picking up every piece of furniture we can find and throwing it at each other. I added Davion, and uh, he's been a nice boost, but unfortunately, the schedule's not helped me out. 
Yeah, it's 4-4 right now, and I decided to drop Devontae Graham because he hadn't hit a shot in four weeks, and then yeah. last night he goes off for 30. Of so he does. Thank you, Devontae Graham. You are now my least favorite player in the NBA. What an absolute joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's move on before uh, this gets too upsetting. Um, we, talk, we talked about this on Wednesday's episode, knee soreness for John Morant, and I mentioned I, that had me a little worried. Anytime I hear anything about a knee now, I get worried, even if it sounds minor. And we now know that John Moran will be reevaluated in two weeks' time. So, Jonas, Tyus Jones is is typically only serviceable, but, I mean, he's kind of a must-add anyways, right? Yeah, so a lot of moves I'm seeing in all the leagues are people are dropping campaign and they're picking up Tyus Jones. And I don't think Tyus is as good as campaign was yeah. in Chris Paul's absent, but he's close, right? You're probably going to get 80% of the production um, as a starter this season, this is 17 starts. He's at 12.1 points, 6.8 assists, 3.2 rebounds, 1.2 steals, and 1.2 triples. Historically, his steals are probably closer to 1.5. Like That's kind of like his bread and butter. But yeah, t- Jaw's not playing again in the regular season. The Grizzlies are going to be really cautious too. Um, if you're in a shadow league, D'Anthony Melton is going to be a monster. Like mm-hmm. He wasn't available in any of my leagues, obviously, because I've had him the whole season because I'm <laughs> super biased and I will never drop him. But yeah, Mellon's going to be a league winner, and Tyus Jones is going to be in that probably top 90, top 80 conversation going forward. I think Melton's probably available in some leagues, and so is Tyus Jones. So both of those guys, Memphis only goes three times this week. So, I mean, if you're in a if you're throwing furniture at each other like Jonas <laughs> and Matt are, and you, you're doing everything you can to scratch and claw your way to a win next week, that one game or two games, if you're talking about Cleveland, difference might – be enough to swing it but the bottom line is i think both melton and jones should be on fantasy rosters right now yeah this thing is quickly turning into the anchorman street fight between me and jonas i think i just saw jonas yeah. pick up a trident and chuck it my way <laughs> is that a no touching the hair face right <laughs> yeah um by the way as for melton just not to linger too long but i had him in a dfs contest against some friends on thursday night and that game got so lopsided that they went to the next wave of bench guys. So Melton had 19 points yes. pretty early. It was like, here we go, Melton in garbage time. But it was like yeah. too extreme garbage time, and he didn't get to like feast in the fourth quarter. It was crushing. Steve, what were you going to say? Yep. Stan Van Gundy, as I was writing the Daily Dose last night, prepping to get into my brackets, he told me that the Memphis Grizzlies are 16-2 and two without John Morant this season. Can you believe that? That's yeah, that's impressive. Yep. Uh, you know uh, what team is not impressive? The Indiana Pacers. But Goga Batadze is getting it done nonetheless, Jonas. It's looking like this, what was a muddled center situation where somehow all the guys were producing in limited time is turning into the Goga show. Yeah, it's actually quite hilarious. Like Isaiah Jackson, I actually wrote this waiver wire. Isaiah Jackson's injury luck reminds me of Terrence Jones. Like whenever he's bound to get like a ton of minutes, he just gets hurt again. Yeah. So coming off the concussion protocol and now he has a headache he's out again so that's just rough uh but last four games like this is pretty crazy goga has been top 50 with 17.3 points six rebounds two assists 1.3 steals one blocks and one triples and i was a little worried that they were going to rest him last night because he's playing too good for their tank but he ended up playing through the foot soreness which was a huge surprise and man he's just been crushing it if you have him on your team you're likely going to win your matchup because of him wow I don't like the Isaiah Jackson injury stuff because it stinks and he, he should have had a great, you know, last month and a half. And it's, it's pretty much just been 
you know, thrown away because of injuries, which which stinks. But yeah, Goga Goga's the last the last big standing. Jalen, you assured me that Jalen Smith was going to play play last night. He did not. Thank goodness, because I'm kind of getting worked over by Joanna right now. But I've got I've got a games played advantage the rest of the way. I'm in a I'm in a furniture throwing match myself, except uh, she's way over in Portland, Oregon, and I'm, okay. we're, we're too far away to really throw stuff at each other. You're mailing furniture to each other. Yeah, just like a chair leg shows up. <laughs> Texting each other at three o'clock in the morning, talking trash, basically. Nice, I like it. Well, Goga is last I checked thirty five percent rostered. Trey Man is thirty seven percent rostered. How much does the Trey Man? First of all, tell us a little bit about the Trey Man uh, explosion we've seen. How much does this hinge on SGA not being available, Jonas? It does, but. Like I said, the Thunder, I think lost like 11 or 12 games in a row. It was all by design, dude. They are trying to tank so hard. They are so desperate for a top three pick. They've already talked about dialing back SGA. I know he missed last game for another reason, but Giddy, I don't think he's coming back. Dort's done for the season. Ty Jerome's out. So the Thunder literally have no one left. I'm just waiting for them to make up an entry for man because he's playing that good, right? Set the Thunder rookie record for 35 points and seven triples in a game. Just mm-hmm. unbelievable. He is a bit one-dimensional. He's mostly just a scorer. Like, I don't see much playmaking there. Uh, I don't see much on defense, but who cares? At this point in the NBA, he's playing against a bunch of Drew Eubanks guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Justice Winslow's in the NBA. Like, he's playing against a bunch of nobodies right now, so he's just absolutely feasting. So if you have man, you're set. Honestly, it doesn't matter if SGA plays. Uh, he's going to get his touches. His usage rates through the roof. Like, what, what else do you need? You know what I mean? He's just been awesome. Matt, will you say it with me? Pick Pokashevsky. Oh, okay. <laughs> pick pick a thunder. Any, any thunder. Any thunder. Yeah. Trey Mann looks incredible. Isaiah Roby, who has sort of fluctuated like the ocean waves, like up and down, up and down, suddenly looks like he's going to ball out the rest of the way. We had a, what's his name? I just lost my train of thought. The uh, Theo Maladone. Sighting yeah. the other night. He comes out of nowhere and goes crazy. My boy Pokushevsky, uh, former Purtle player of the day, did not come through on his Purtle day like I had hoped. It's still coming. The big one is still coming. So, again, the pick a thunder, one. any thunder. I don't really think you can go wrong here. Fluctuated like the ocean waves, Steve. What beautiful, beautiful imagery. I think you need to go take a walk in the woods and write some poetry today. Well, you're, you're on it. Actually, I put my my small little dog outside before we started this whole thing. And I hear him scratching to get in. I forgot to let the dog in. So I am going to go get in touch with nature here in a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of pick a thunder, any thunder uh, and Poku, who you just mentioned, he is officially back to posting some extremely weird stat lines, Jonas. And I do love it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to share with us what's going on with Poku? Cause he's on your list as well. Yeah. He's just an absolute roller coaster, man. He's the most fun player to watch in the NBA. There's no debate there. Like Steve will agree. He's the most fun player to watch because you never know what you're going to get, right? He's either going to trip over his legs really down the court, or he's just going to throw these Larry Bird passes behind his back. He's, he's amazing. Last seven games, 12.1 points, eight rebounds, 3.4 assists, one steals, 0.7 blocks and one triples. The only concern here is the field goal percentage that rivals Dylan Brooks when he goes rogue, but other than that, wow, I love them. Three for twenty. There's a three for twenty in there. Mm-hmm. I did not quite realize that that was a three for twenty. A three for twenty <laughs> for seven points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks, a triple, and five turnovers. I mean, if that isn't the quintessential glorious, great and awful Poku stat line, I don't know what is. 
By the way, Jonas, he has been graceful lately. Like, he picked off a pass in front of half court the other night as he stole it with one hand and brought it behind his back, took off down the court like a gazelle, got a layup. So it was a steal and a layup in the same play that the announcers, the OKC people are like, we did not see this Poku last year. He's really turned around. Man, if if he can get a shot to fall, I'm telling you, man, it's coming. <laughs> he's he's Larry Bird without with, with my jump shot, essentially, is what you're saying. He's Larry Bird with my jump shot. That's uh <laughs> Yeah. We we mentioned Davion Mitchell earlier. We've talked a little bit about Sacramento, the, the landscape there at large. Jonas, you had a bunch of other Kings guys on your list, too. Do you want to highlight any of them in particular? Pick a king, any king, <laughs> as Doc would say. No, but if, if we're choosing, honestly, like there's Trey Lyles, there's Damian Jones, um, there's Dante DiVincenzo. If I'm picking two out of three, I'm going to go Trey Lyles, and I'm going to go Dante DiVincenzo. Let's start with D- Dante, though. He's been sitting with mid-run value for about the past month, right? I feel like he's gone under the radar. Um, a lot of people just kind of ignored him because of the two-game week, and I think that was the right call. Obviously, like mm-hmm. two games of anyone is just absolutely brutal. But Dante is sitting pretty with mid-run value for the last month. His steal rate has been solid. He can get you two or three any night. His assists, he can generally get you four or five. Decent rebounder for as small as he is, too. Decent three-point shooter, so... Dante is kind of the total package is like a kind of a D'Anthony Melton type. Uh, as for Trey Lyles, though, they're playing him all over the court, like three, four, and five. So really like him, has played really well. Kings have very little front court depth up front. Obviously, Holmes out for the season. Sabonis probably isn't coming back. So, yeah, I like Trey Lyles a lot as well. Just the last game was a little disappointing. Yeah, pick a king, any king. I like the two that you picked, uh, Jonas. I'm on board with that. I think – I think we've probably said everything we can say about the Kings at this point, uh, right? Not true. There- Not true. Chemezi Metu had 22 points on Wednesday. I think that one I'm a little hesitant to chase because if you look at his game log, it's a little bit of an outlier. I think in like a DFS or streaming situation, you could go for it, but I'd be prepared for a bust game there too. Yeah, he had 18 points in the first half and then didn't do anything in the second half too, so... That was his career high. Like I think that would be his best game of the season. Not going to chase that, but he's definitely at least on my radar with four games this week. If you really need a big, but I mean, I like Lyles a little bit more, and I love Dante the most out of those guys. I actually like Mitu a bit more than you guys do. And uh, you know, when we were preparing for this, um, when we were talking about maybe having a, a draft of of silly season potential superstars, I had Chemezi pretty high on my list and then he blew up for that big game yeah he did it all in the first half disappeared in the second half but Chemezi is sort of the ultimate silly season he didn't do much all year and suddenly for the last 10 days of the season he's going to go bonkers kind of guy I'm not saying that he's definitely going to do that but the potential's there so I'm at least very intrigued by me too yeah at the suggestion of a twitter follower listener of the show talking about you guys should rank the silly all-time silly season heroes we were thinking about doing that today and then we got a a real life uh Hero. former nba great on the show so we decided to do that instead and then talk waiver pickup so maybe next week or the week that follows we'll do some some true silly season retrospective but uh let's come back to the present day we were talking about on wednesday obi toppin and how tibbs can't be trusted to play him consistently then of course toppin got 40 minutes and produced with julius randall out so what are your thoughts here, Jonas? Yeah, so Julius Randle's questionable for tonight currently. Yep. Like, 
I don't see the reason why they would play him, but if they do, that kind of takes Tolpin out of the equation, right? Too. So I will put an asterisk beside his name. So mm-hmm. only pick him up if Randall is confirmed out for tonight. Right. Uh, but last two games, he's sitting at 14 points, eight boards, uh, 4.5 assists, which is awesome. One steals, uh, 0.5 blocks, and one triples, too. So kind of a fun fancy player. I did not expect this from him. Uh, the usage has been there as well because they have no one else, right? It's Alec Burke's offense. So uh, someone's got to score. Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. It's, we just got to wait until we see Julius Randle's status and then Mitchell Robinson's status obviously affects him a little bit as well. Yeah, I was going to say, is Mitchell Robinson, Yeah, I think it's at this point, it's an either or situation. If Robinson's out or if Julius Randle's out, I'm not afraid to roll with Obi Toppin at this point because I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it looks like Thibodeau is actually letting a kid play, right? Like I feel like <laughs> Obi Toppin has turned a corner and it's going to ball out the rest of the way. I think if Mr. Robinson is out or if Julius Randle's out, you go ahead and, and throw Toppin out there. And the Knicks have four games uh, in the upcoming week, which is perfect. Yeah, keep an eye on Cam Reddish. He's been playing really well for the Knicks as well. Just an incredible season for him. <laughs> I find it so frustrating. We were talking about this on Wednesday too. Just like you use the number eight pick on Obi Toppin and your season is over and it's we it's still an open question of is he going to get enough run? That should not be a question, right? And even with the Hawks who are in the play-in, you know, going to make the play-in, but, you know, they have such such forward issues right now. And their first-round pick, Jalen Johnson, who has just been obliterating the G League. I mean, this guy's put up some huge mm-hmm. stat lines there. Just got on the court the other night, you know, for 20-something minutes and it's news. I mean, it just frustrates me so much. And then you see Steve Kerr, you know, Steve Kerr's like, oh yeah, let's put Moses Moody in. He scores 30. I mean, Kuminga, you know, some coaches refusal to give young guys playing time is so maddening. And I know that's a little bit of a fantasy take, but it's not entirely. I just had to complain for a second. Now I'm done. Yeah. You can't, there's no argument that Jalen Johnson should not be playing at least 20 minutes for the Hawks, especially with the way their season has gone. Like Gallo has been awful for the most part this season. John Collins has been banged up, hasn't been himself. There's no reason why he didn't play. I mean, we saw Kevin Knox get some minutes too. I don't know, I know. why. But... TLC, Tim- Timothy Lawawu Cabarro is yeah. playing over Jalen Johnson, yeah. and it makes no sense. They're not in the same unit. I know Jalen Johnson's not as polished defensively, and I think that's the issue for Nate McMillan. So I guess maybe if I was coaching the team, there's a universe where I'd feel the same way. But as an observer, yeah. it's so frustrating because Jalen Johnson gets in the game immediately, pick and roll bucket, catches an alley-oop and one. Like you can see that the ability just jumps off the page. And by the way, I do think yeah. – He's an intriguing fantasy prospect, but that's all I got. Mm-hmm. For sure, Steve. Jay, are we? So I, I thought you were just on a on a rant about the Hawks. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just, I thought we'd, yeah. Uh, Jalen Johnson looks good when he's in there, but man, like Nate is old school, I and mean, he's he's just not. Gonna, I know he's not going to play him. I know the the Obi Toppin thing. Just I wasn't planning that. It just got me fired up. If you're desperate for blocks, getting back to our waiver wire talk here, uh, I think Isaiah Hartenstein, Hartenstein, Hartenstein is a guy to consider, Jonas, four games next week, I think, right? And Steve's shaking his head, but I think let's try to convince Steve. Yeah, he was coming off a two-game week, so he was dropped in a lot of spots, but his last game against the Nuggets, nonetheless, was 14 points, five assists, two rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Did you hear that, Steve? That's a top 50 game right there. His minutes, last four, have all been above 20. That's huge, right? This guy, this is a guy who has proved in the past that in 24 minutes, he's top 75. Uh, the only concern with him is free throw percentage, but he's been better in that regard lately too. So 
Clippers have talked about resting their veterans a little bit more. Like I know there's minute restrictions on a bunch of guys, including Marcus Morris too. So I think that helps them as well. So Hardenstein, you know, four game week, I would say he's must must roster right now. I feel like it's Hartenstein. And the reason I was shaking my head is because Matt's like Hartenstein, Hartenstein. And I'm like, how have we talked about this guy on so many different podcasts? And yet none of us are really sure. Well, none of us are 100% confident how to say his name. In fact, we were clueless. People are probably making fun of us. Like, look, these, these guys don't even know how to pronounce these guys' names. Uh, when Brian and I hosted on Monday, when, when Brian and I were on the show, Matt, uh, Monday, Brian Rosenworth. So, of course, we talked about Hardenstein, and we had a great time with it. I'm on board. You guys have convinced me four games this week. Oh. He, blocks, he blocks shots every time he steps on the court, and he's doing other stuff. I like it. Oh, great. Okay. I did. I thought good. So it was about the pronunciation. I just couldn't believe. I was just shaking my head about the the name. Yeah, I understand. We're better. We're better than this. That's part of the appeal of the show, though, right? We don't get names right. That's part of the appeal. I think so. I mean, it is. It is a thing. So I think we're getting toward the end here, Jonas. I know you had a bunch more names, and people will need to go to your column to find those names. But I do think the one guy for me from your list that I think we got to mention is Jose Alvarado, uh, who has been. Yeah. Pretty great in some tough categories to find lately. Yeah, I'm not sure who who came up with the nickname uh, Grand Theft Alvarado, but that's just amazing. Wow, that, it's got to be one of our colleagues, or it must have been like a a name that's going around Twitter. But that's just so cool. That's good. Uh, basically, on inbound passes, Alvarado just hides in the corner, and at least once or twice a game, he'll just come up behind players and just swat it away. It's really cool to watch. So you love to see that. This is a guy that's grinded his way into the league, mm-hmm. made a made a name for himself too in New Orleans. There's no excuse for Devontae Grant to be playing over him right now. Honestly, I think Jose, this is Jose's turn. Like they should give it to him already. But uh, a great steals and assist streamer. Not the best three point shooter, but he's doing just enough to be worth a roster grab for sure. Three games next week. I don't love that, but man, he's been he's been good. He's he's really solid in steals. He's getting tons of minutes, and it's a it's a great time to to roll with Grand Theft Alvarado, which. I mentioned Alvarado's name to Brian Rosenworth on Monday, and he was like, uh, who? And then I told him his nickname, and uh, he was absolutely blown away by the whole thing. The main thing, obviously, aside from some assists, is the steals. 16 of them in his last six games. That includes a six-steal game, a couple of three-steal games, so a lot of fun there. Jonas, yeah. now it's on you. Uh, another name or two that you want to mention that you would be upset if we didn't include. I think we got to talk about Larry Nance, who... I wasn't expecting back this season, mm-hmm. but the Pelicans have found themselves in play-in territory, so I think they kind of brought him back for that reason. Last five seasons, I had to double-check this. He was inside the top 100 in his last five seasons, despite playing minutes in the 20s, too. So Larry Nance, not the greatest head-to-head player, but in a Roto League, like Nance is actually really solid because he can get you high steals. He can get you close to a block a game. Um, he rebounds well. He passes well. He scores efficiently, too, so... Nance is kind of that glue guy for a lot of roto rosters. Obviously, there's only two weeks left. Uh, and the one thing I'm watching for is the Pelicans do have a back-to-back coming up. Do mm-hmm. they play him in both games? I wouldn't say it's a, a guarantee by any means, right? Because players usually sit in back-to-backs once they come back from a, a lengthy layoff. But if he doesn't, man, I think Nance is a great pickup, even with three games. I don't know, man. I, is he going to get more than 20 minutes in any of those three games? Who else do they have, though? They're playing Jackson Hayes a ton of minutes at the four, just out of necessity right now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pump the brakes. I'm gonna have to go ahead and go ahead and. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I. 
I don't see a scenario where I'm picking up Larry Nance right now. Anyway, three games. If he played four, I might consider it. Deeper league. I think our blurb mentioned deeper league and Jonas mentioned Roto. I mean, not a must add, but definitely a watch list situation. And if he gets ramped up into the 25 range quickly, then could be interesting. I mean, look, your, your column's also going to, I think, include names like Josh Richardson, uh, Killian Me Softly Hayes, as you called him uh, in your email to me. So, I mean, go check out the column, everyone, for more uh, analysis on these guys. Steve? Can we talk about Bones Highland for a second? Oh, I would love to do sure. that. I would love to do that. Sniper, who asks great questions so often that he keeps getting them asked on the show, is Bones Highland a good pickup? Jonas, is his roster ship 45%. He didn't qualify for waiver wire. He would have been number one. I think he was number one or two last week or high up there anyway. He's a good pickup. Yeah. Man, He's this guy absolutely. is so electric. On Thursday, if I have if my memory serves correctly, he played 11 minutes in the first half and had 19 points. Uh, I think four triples, a couple assists, a couple rebounds, a couple assists, and a block in the first half in 11 minutes. This guy is so explosive. Ended up with 23 points in 25 minutes. Double digits in one, two, three, four, eight straight. I like him a lot. What are your thoughts, Jonas? Yeah, another guy who I can't believe Coach Malone waited this long to play him, right? Because yeah. he's shown this the entire season, and then he'll do this. He'll go for 20 points in the next game. He'll like, Austin Rivers, I really need you to give me six points on nine shots tonight. <laughs> like, go out there, 28 minutes. But I, I don't get it. But Bones Highland, we compared him to, like, Jamal Crawford yeah. last week because of those handles, the flashiness. He's just so much fun, dude. Uh, I'm really excited about him next year, especially. But this year, yeah, he's been inside the mid-round for the past two weeks on low minutes. Uh, a lot of usage with the Marcus Cousins in the second unit as well, too. So I love that combo, man. And Jokic has said many times he loves playing with Bones, man, because they just feed off each other so well. What if Bones was getting minutes? Like, that's the thing. Like, he, I know. He's yeah. scoring all these points and doing all this stuff in, like, 19 minutes here and – like, come yep. on, dude. Let him play. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah he's electric. He is electric. Uh, the last two weeks, 17.5 points, 4.5 assists, a steal, 3.5 threes, shooting 52.5 from the field. And, I mean, he's only top 30 minutes a couple times there. It's, it's a lot of 18, 20, 25-minute yeah. games. He's getting it done. So, fun times. Look at his schedule, too. Next three games are against the Thunder, the Hornets, who have the worst defense in the NBA, and the Pacers. Actually, no, the Pacers are the worst thing. The Hawks would like a word, Jonas, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk I mean, offline. Yeah. Some pretty terrible defenses there, too. So I think Bones is just going to eat, man. Steve, you got one more uh, viewer question for us? Or are we good there? I do. I absolutely do. I'm going to do this because we haven't mentioned this guy's name today. Uh, Hollow Man dropped Kyle Kuzma for Jonathan Kuminga in a dynasty league. Like, well, first of all, why was Jonathan Kuminga available in a dynasty league? Second of all, Jonas. To go back to our Poku discussion, you're like, he's the be he's the most fun player to watch in the NBA, Poku. And I, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you there because I, <laughs> if Kuminga is on TV, I'm watching him play. I love it. Yeah, no blocks, no steals the last four games. I don't care. I'm all in on Kuminga. I love this kid. He might be the best athlete in the NBA, just pure athleticism. Like, Kuminga's up there, man. He's, whew. Man, good times. So uh, Holloman ended that message with a let's go, which is, yeah. I think, how Steve feels about the transaction as well. Well, and that's also how let's end where we started today. Didn't Carlos Boozer say, let's go at the end of <laughs> his, at the end of his yes. Bet, uh, yes. Instagram? Yeah. 
Yeah. I can tell my kids I stopped in for Carlos Boozer today. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Carlos Boozer's back up. Just add it to your uh, Twitter page. Yeah. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We're back on Monday with some takeaways from the weekend and some fresh waiver wire pickups. But in the meantime, check out Jonas's column on NBC Sports Edge for all the waiver pickups you need throughout the weekend. Also keep tuned to the NBC Sports Edge player news page powered by Roto World for the latest updates. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live. Words I don't normally say. Thanks to Carlos Boozer for coming by. Steve, Jonas, appreciate it, guys. That was fun. Have a good weekend. Thanks, guys. You too. Thanks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.